All right, welcome everyone to the MMOs.com podcast, episode 196, and we are back after another hiatus. We were, uh, Omar was busy playing Final Fantasy, the raids are live, and he is rushing through them. Uh, so Omar, give us an update on where you stand and how much better you are than the average schlop. Oof, how much better I am, of course. You gotta look at my elite parses, boys, though. My parses this uh, early on have not been great. I've been playing Final Fantasy XIV quite a bit since the raids came out, which is why we didn't do the podcast last week, actually. Uh, I woke up at 3 a.m. when the service came up. I actually didn't sleep, so it's not like I woke up at 3 a.m., but I stayed up till 3 a.m., and I did the raids right away, uh, you know, immediately in pugs. I had a couple friends join me, and we cleared the first raid on the first night, and then I went to sleep, and the next day, I was in the grind zone, all right? So I played, like, 14 hours in a row. And I couldn't clear the second fight with Pugs on the second day. I cleared on the third day. Uh, so I finished on the third day. But there's one frustrating thing is about Pugging in 14, which kind of applies to... It's like a disadvantage to Pugging, is that when people join your party, they claim that they know what the fuck they're doing, and they have no idea what they're doing. Like, this guy joined... This tank joins our party, right? I'm, I make a clear party saying, only join if you've been to Enrage like, like multiple times and you get there easily, right? So know what you're doing in this fight before you join. And he, he, we're all on Discord together, right, randos? And we get halfway in the fight, right? We're like 6% in the fight, and he goes, all right, guys, I'm not going to bullshit you. I have no idea what happens next the first time I'm here. <laughs> Wait, are you serious? Mid-fight, he's asking to explain like, what's going to happen next. So we try doing it mid-fight, and we get like the 70% of the fight, and then we wipe. And then we're thinking, fuck, it's like, it's like, it's like 1 a.m., right? So if we leave, it might be hard to get out of the tank. Now I got to weigh whether I kick this guy or keep him. So we keep him for a bit longer was a mistake he fucks up a lot of things like people shouldn't be joining parties if they don't know what they're doing it's just very frustrating that when people lie to join a party well i always do that why would you not lie because you're just an asshole then because like there's one mechanic what? at the end of eden 2 it's called uh, uh like uh quintus or something I, don't, I, I, I just call it quintus but obviously it's not called that it's some weird word okay anyway this it's the last minute like the last minute and a half of the fight two minutes of the fight so it's like after like 10 minutes you get to the last phase right and that last phase isn't really that hard but it involves a series of like three mechanics. People that join the party, if, if, if one healer messes that up, it's pretty easy to wipe in a pug. Everyone's going to die. There's no chance of clearing if like one healer dies. There's two healers. And we had this one healer literally wiping like 85% of the time on that one mechanic. We have to constantly slog through a 10-minute fight to get to that last part. Just kick him if you don't like it. Uh, just, we Look, really should at up. that point. Okay, if you are the one putting this... Uh term right uh, this is a restriction right like okay you know what you're doing it's up to you to quiz the guy to make you sure quiz him he says he knows what he's doing but no you know tell he, ask oh, sorry, what I, happens I, 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 he'll say i lagged or i misclicked over there you no, know? No, like, no no before the fight begins okay so what happens to 50 percent no nobody doesn't know the answer a lot of people play by reaction too so you can't be like what happens well, 50%? Well, remember, if you're the one putting these terms on it's on, it's on mm-hmm. you so I, I don't think anything's wrong with someone starting to sneak I, in i have kicked many people for underperformance as a lot okay, of people do good. But remember once you get to the end once you're there at the end though everyone you know can make mistakes so like he'll say the first time he wipes it he'll be like oh you know misclick or something right whatever and the second time he does it correctly but then maybe somebody else messes up right and the third time he messes up again you know he'll mess up 80 percent of the time and 20 percent he'll get it correctly and honestly after two mistakes you probably should just kick them but it's just very frustrating to deal with but that's the only reason it took me uh like an extra day to clear the second fight in final Fantasy 14 the current raid tiers and then i cleared the the third fight i think two days ago so I'm caught up to everything but the last fight in uh, in 14 right now. So I've been I've been no lifing it, playing 14 hours a day. But what's remarkable is like 
at this age, you know, I'm 29, I'm not that old, right? At this age, this age, what if I play 14 hours straight of doing the same thing, my head actually starts hurting. I'll tell you, has it ever happened to you? Uh, I mean, yes, but I don't know if it's the game or just, I don't know. What, probably water, like, lack of water. Maybe. It's just, it's just after I'm focusing 14 hours, my head actually starts hurting, which is kind of weird because, like, that didn't happen when I was younger. Like, 14, 16 hour gaming sessions was literally an everyday occurrence, like, on the weekends when we were, like, you know, age 12 like 18 you know like on the weekends we just literally play all day every day but now yep. i get this like throbbing headache it's dehydration like you know, omar, okay, 12 I, hour shift uh, i got a little um spoiler here omar is not good with his hydration he does not drink enough water maybe so you gotta here's what you do Omar. get one of those uh like 12 packs of water and leave it in your room so like, you mm-hmm. don't even have to go outside to just, just grab it you know under your desk i think that'll help a lot maybe i, I really should because after, it only starts kicking in after like 12 hours but again it's probably because I, I don't drink enough because I don't really yeah. think about it you know yeah yeah. so that that was uh, that was my experience for this last week playing a lot of Final Fantasy 14 I'm looking forward to clearing um, I'll probably try clearing the fourth fight this week so I cleared three fights in the first week which is definitely not bad for, for a pug you know, I did most of them by myself and I'll aim to clear this last fight uh, this week sometime so that's been my week playing lots of Final Fantasy 14 uh, what about y'all what, what have you been up to this week not much. Just um, hitting the gym, trying to Damn, lose the weight. Army hitting the gym. Hitting the gym. I've I haven't lost one pound yet though. Sadly, because every time I go to the gym, I reward myself, you know, by eating dessert. So, kind of kind of a wash on that one. Um, I'm actually the opposite. I, I've lost weight rating in Final Fantasy 14 for the last like four or five. Days. You probably forget to eat. I do. And yeah. the thing is, like, like, I had I had Uncrustables, which by the way, we're not sponsored by them, obviously, but they are the ultimate gamer snack. Okay, an Uncrustable Ultimate sandwich. Gamer Snack. Listen, search Google Images right now for Uncrustable. The, the, the people must see Uncrustables. They are PB&J sandwiches, all right? Those in Europe probably haven't seen them, but they're this pretty big This is like baby food. This is, like, it's, literal, it's really, literal baby food. Yes, I admit it's made for kids, right? But it's the ultimate food. You got the, you got the fat and the protein from the peanut butter and the sugar from the jelly, okay? It's, it's the ultimate snack. You know, a lot mm. of people mean that like Hot Pockets are the ultimate snack, but fuck, you can't, you can't take a cold Hot Pocket and eat it, you know? I can, I can go to the fridge and grab some hot pot and grab some, you know, some Uncrustables and like, grab two of those and I'm good, you know? Like, they'll keep me going. Now, unfortunately, after like the first day, I ran out of Uncrustables, right? I, I couldn't, there was none left. And I was too lazy to actually make food. And I didn't want to go out because I was raiding. Otherwise, I would just go out and get food. So, I didn't eat a lot for the last few days. So, I probably lost a couple pounds this last week. I'm down to 153. I, got, I, I want to wow. start at 155. I, I, my ideal weight is 155. I'm 180 and I'm, I'm two inches shorter than you. Yeah, I'll tell you, you're, you're fat, I'll tell you. You gotta, you gotta fix that shit. Uh, I'm just bulking, alright? I'm in he's, my he's dirty bulk up. phase. Uncrustables are, are a godsend, though. Alright, let me tell you. Anything else I'll tell you doing besides working out like a normie? Well, I'm, I already have my uh, group together uh, to play you know, World of Warcraft Classic. Mm-hmm. Three of the people, I'm, two of the people, I should say, uh, I'm gonna play with have already quit their jobs or put in their two-week notice. Uh, so they, they're gonna be free that whole week to just put no life in. And I, I respect it. <laughs> Third one is that's, that's, a, that's, a four, that's dedication right there. That's okay? dedication. Do that. I, I, I do respect a lot of people from Fantasy fourteen put, ask for vacation time for like a week to play. I know. I think Canaris did as well. You no, know, I know a lot of people that play Fantasy fourteen just ask for that week vacation for either raids or for the game's uh, launch. Yeah. So that's basically my. That's, I'm gonna wait till then to go hardcore. I'll be back in Vegas um, mm-hmm. on the twelfth, so I'll be home for World of Warcraft. Gaming-wise, though, you know, nothing really has been catching my attention. You know, I'll play a round or two with the Dota Underlord or something, but it's not... I'm not crazy about anything right now. I'm just waiting for WoW Classic. 
in, in the well, talk about Wildverse 14. Actually, um, it's worth mentioning. Actually, uh, Square Enix reported their earnings today for the for their you know company wide earnings, how much money they made and whatnot. There's some interesting data in here, plus some anecdotal evidence I can share with my experience with Fantasy 14. I've actually been asking every one of my pub groups out of curiosity, like, hey, you know, is this your first time? You know, is this the first raid tier for 14? Like, are you new to the game? Is it the first time you're actually raiding 14? And surprisingly, like every single one of my groups, my pub groups, had multiple people that never raided before, meaning they're new players to the game. It's the first time they're actually playing Final Fantasy 14. So, and I asked them, like, where are you from? What game you come from? And they're all coming from WoW. Wow. A lot of people are playing World of Warcraft, uh, moved from World of Warcraft to Final Fantasy 14. And I'm seeing it in my everyday experience playing 14. Just more and more people are brand new to the rating scene from, you know, from, from World of Warcraft. So I thought it was pretty cool, this earnings report, because one of the biggest drivers of profit for Square Enix this last quarter was their digital MMO entertainment segment, which, of course, includes 14, Dragon Quest X, and Final Fantasy XI. And they made $8.8 billion in top-line revenues in yen, of course, and about half of that in profit, which is remarkable because the profit margin for a lot of these games is nowhere near 50%. But for MMOs, apparently MMOs are very profitable. The, the, the monthly subs are very reliable, consistent cash flow for these companies. And I wanted to guesstimate approximately how many users that the game, no, how, how many subscribers Final Fantasy XIV has based on this data. And obviously, it's not an exact science. And I think there was an official number, something over 1 million a while ago. And based on this number, I calculated that there are about 1.1 million subscribers. And the data I used was, I assumed 75% of the revenue figure was from Final Fantasy XIV. Now, they do publish Dragon Quest X, and they do publish Final Fantasy XI. Now, both games are much smaller now than they were in the past. So I think 75% is a fair estimate over there. And then I assume 75% of revenues were derived from uh, subscription revenues, with the other 25% being microtransactions. Now, the cash shop in 14 makes money, but I don't think they account for more than 25% of their revenues, only because they're just it's not well integrated to, into the game itself. And assuming those numbers are correct, with an average subscription price of 14 bucks a month, uh, it is about 1.1 million subscribers, and this is pre-Shadowbringers launch, and I think a likely conservative figure. I think once we get the official Shadowbringers data, then we'll be even higher. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, actually, um, overall though, I think uh, Square Enix did a lot better than uh, I-, I expected, at least. Mm-hmm. I think that revenue was up, what, what do you say, except, uh, do you have it here? Let's see. You can see it in the charts. Yeah. I think it's uh, the MO revenue is like near all-time high, and yeah. their subscriptions are all-time high, and that was before the launch of you know, Shadowbringers. And interestingly enough, you know, we talk a lot about mobile games, and obviously mobile games for Square Enix, they do have a lot of mobile games uh, in the world, right? They made about $190 million in a quarter for their mobile games versus only about $83 million top-line revenue for MMOs, right? So $83 million US million in revenue from MMOs on the PC versus $190 million for mobile games. So mobile games are huge, but if you look at the profits... Profits from mobile gaming was only 33 million versus profits on PC MMOs being closer to like 45 million. So the revenue, the, it's about 50% revenue is profit on, um, on PC MMOs versus mobile games. Numbers is like 20%. So despite mobile games are a bigger business for them in terms of top line, but they actually make more money off MMOs. So it's great to see Final Fantasy 14 doing so well and bringing a lot of money for Square Enix only because it means we're going to get more expansions and hopefully, you know, more content in the yeah. game. The, the cycles are brutal for mobile because you need a lot of advertising. Um, Google and Apple take thirty percent off the top, which is huge. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, so, and and also the life cycle of these mobile games is much shorter than a game like Final Fantasy fourteen. Remember, like I said, Final Fantasy eleven is still going, right? That's true. Uh, with with the mobile, actually, this this uh, quarter they just announced they're shutting down uh, Fantasy. What's it called? Star Ocean Mobile. It's a game I played really? when it first what came the... out. Uh, yeah. Did, shutting... did, you, did you play that game? Yeah, last year I played it, and so it came out last year and it's shutting down already. So That's crazy. The, the life cycle of these games is much shorter on mobile. Um, 
So that's why I think even though the revenue number is always much much higher, it's hard to make profit because you have to you have to tr- it's a scattershot approach. You got to like release a whole bunch of games, mm-hmm. uh, and you got to spend all the money on advertising. You got to give thirty percent of revenue to Google and uh, Apple, so it's a hard business. Look at slide fourteen Altai, in their uh, presentation. You can see basically all their major mobile games. So just to see what's you know going on over there. And um, oof, like you said, it, 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 a lot of these mobile games aren't that old. Like. What are, what are some of the longest running mobile games like that you can think of? Like most of them aren't that old. I think Grand Blue Fantasy is one of the older, m- more popular ones. I'm curious, it came out in 2014, in Japan. Grand Blue Fantasy, so it's been running for over five years for a mobile game that's really good. Most of mobile games don't last that long. The life cycle is definitely much shorter for these mobile games. And this is just our opinion. A lot of these game companies themselves, in their Q and As with you know investors, they always say like the life cycle for mobile games is shorter. We have to constantly keep making new hits to drive mobile game revenues. But Grand Blue Fantasy and a few other games have done a really good job of keeping players engaged for years and years and years. So I think that's like the ideal business model for mobile. You can't make a you know a game that just lasts for a year or two and then shuts down. It's just not good business. So you gotta make a game like Grand Blue. I know FGO is doing really well yearly as well. So hopefully they can but, but, get the life cycle. But the problem is it's hard to know which of those will hit. So they take the scattershot approach. They release like ten, and if one or mm-hmm. two hit, they don't mind shutting down the other eight. Mm-hmm. So here's the headline: uh, shutting down. No, I don't know if it's shutting down. In Japan or just the global version? Because a lot of these games, by these mobile games, do really well in Japan, but mm-hmm. their global sales are not as great. So I, I know a huge one, Fake Grand Order, uh, mobile game. It's yeah. huge. It's still making a lot of money, but the vast majority of that money comes from just Japan. Yeah. Uh, so th- these are, these games have a hard time. I uh, say so to, to all captains. Da 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 da. Last year, Heavy Heart, global version. Yeah. So I think just the, the non-Japanese version is closing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suspect it's probably still doing okay in Japan because they love this stuff. I think uh, Brave Exodus is one of Square Enix's like longer-running uh, Final Fantasy games, mobile Final Fantasy games in the West. That one's still running, and I know I've seen Reddit threads about you know the game milking players are like thousands of dollars and stuff. So that game is still running, and it came out October 2015. So it's one of the older, you know, Square Enix titles. So there it is. We'll have uh, Blizzard, Activision, Blizzard is going to report earnings in a few days, so we'll see how they do. Uh, people mm-hmm. in chat have mentioned, you know, if, if we think classic wow is going to be like this whole new rejuvenation of wow uh I, I don't know i don't know about that i think classic wow is aimed at people my age uh my era it's going to appeal to people who unsubbed and are going to come back if you are a a newer gamer a younger gamer i don't know if it's going to be interesting to you honestly like i i mean it's free if, if you sub you get basically two games now the retail and classic i guess it's worth trying but i don't think retention is going to be very high with uh the younger generation personally uh, I think I think it's going to do really well. I think I think it'll be the single biggest server in the game by by far, and it might even get multiple servers for the game. Somebody in the chat You'll mentioned right uh, what about the Final Fantasy XV: A New Empire. Uh, it's a huge game, but Square Enix doesn't own that game. They license the Machine Zone, so that's why it's not appearing specifically in the these earnings reports. All right. Well, another big uh, company made a big announcement. Riot Games mm-hmm. will finally live up to their name. They are Ooh. they are going to release a new game uh, based on the League franchise, and no, I'm not talking about the fighting game they announced somewhere. Really, I am not talking. I thought, about I thought for sure you talking about a fighting game. I, What's I, going well, on I was trolling. That? Yeah, they they are working on a fighting game, which they announced. But I'm talking about finger tap. Let me see what it's called. Finger tap Whoa. summoners. This can is, I finger tap any summoner? This Capital? is a mobile game coming out in China, and it's a match three League of Legends game. What? So match here's some of the three? art. <laughs> I was excited for a moment. I said match three. When I heard match three, I know it's going to be Garbo. Well, I can't wait 
to match three blue gems with Ezreal here. Isn't this exciting, guys? This is just like Summoner's Rift, you know, no different. I, I don't get it. Like, it's just a reskin, you know, Bejeweled. I, I don't understand how these games are so big. You know, Candy Crush is just like, like Candy Crush was one of the original, I guess, match three games. Fine, whatever. It's doing fine. But what's remarkable is there are so many other match three games. They're all the same nonsense. And people play them. Like, I, I, there's some RPG elements going on here, too. So it might be a bit more like Puzzle and Dragon, which, again, is a match three game with some RPG elements thrown in, you know? Look but at these masteries. Day, game. Oh, man. I can't wait to do my masteries for uh, the Wuju Bladesman. Ooh. Master Yi, boys. It's like Chibi Master Yi. It's just weird, man. It's, I hate seeing all these Master 3 games. Like, What's remarkable is actually um, there's a, there's a Turkish game studio. So for a moment, Altai, we've got to be proud of our Turkish heritage. All right? So look at this game, Altai. This company called Toy Blast. All right, we can show off some sick gameplay. Go on YouTube and search some Toy Blast gameplay. Oh, man. I could, just, I could just imagine what this is going to be like, the okay, gameplay. So Toy Blast publisher Peak Games has over a billion dollars in lifetime spending. So this is a Turkish game studio. Clearly one of the more, most successful mobile game studios in the world, generating over a billion dollars in revenues through uh, Toy Blast and a few of the other you know, innovative games. Yeah, so this is, this is a nice, so, nice, nice chunk of change right here. Like this kind of game... So this is exactly matched through. You just click on the pieces next to each other. They're like the same color and they blow up. Like this kind of casual game. There's so many games like this. I, I don't understand how they're so popular. Uh, I, I think like little kids, like eight-year-olds are playing this. I don't know. It's, we, we saw an ad for this. Like they paid the actor who plays Deadpool to like talk about how great this game is. But like in the pre-movie ads that we saw. Before, wasn't, it, weird. wasn't it Tomb Blast? I keep thinking it's Tomb Blast. It might be Tomb Blast. I mean, they have a few other games too, you know? Yeah, Ryan yeah. Reynolds was advertising this game. In, uh, he was paid to advertise this. Oh, my God. There's are videos of people playing this for hours. Yeah, it's insane. I, I don't understand. Like, even Candy Crush, I don't really understand how they're so successful. It, it's just bizarre that... And, and at the end of the day, poor Bejeweled. Bejeweled, whichever, whoever made the Match 3 genre in, you know, first, they got shafted. They didn't make all that money. And somebody just copied the gameplay, and then they made all the money. Yeah, so it was Tomb Blast with Ryan Reynolds. I got it right. I remember this. You got it right. I'll good for so you. So here's the ad. I wonder if this is going to copyright strike us. Oof, they might. Watch Oof, out. Look at that beautiful Ryan Reynolds actor. I bet he got paid a lot of money for this. Yeah, definitely. All right, we'll close that. All right. I do want to say one more uh, quick little story in Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, in between raids sometimes, I do run my casinos always. I have another riveting Final Fantasy XIV casino story for you guys. Uh, if you guys don't, don't know, I do run an in-game casino. Players bet money. They can win or lose based on what their role is on slash random between 1 and 1,000. I obviously have a house edge. So one guy started playing with me all night, right? And he lost like 10 million, 10 million gil. Next day he came back and lost another 5 million gil. So I made like 50 million gil off him, which is like probably worth like 50 bucks IRL, right? In USD terms or something. And he asked me to actually ban him from my casino. So he actually, you know, a lot of real casinos have like this policy where you can self-exclude yourself from the casino. Like if you sign up, and if you sign up for this at the real casino, they'll ban you from the casino. Meaning if you win, they won't pay you. So it's a way for gambling addicts to exclude themselves from gambling. And this guy told me, like, listen, I have a gambling problem. Like, no joke. After he lost his money, he told me this, right? He told me, um, I've lost, like, thousands of dollars at a real casino. I'm like, dude, that, that sucks. Like, what do you want for me? He's like, can I have a refund? Obviously, no, I'm not giving you a refund. But, like, <laughs> can I have a refund? Yeah, like, I don't give a fuck. You, know, you lost mean, money? Ask me to try that one in the real casino. Yeah, right? That's a good strat. You know, I have a gambling problem. Can I get my money back, please? No, shut the fuck up, right? But he told me he has a gambling problem. I said, okay, I don't, you know, you know. He's like, can you, can you ban me from, my, from your casino? Like, I said, yeah, fine. No problem, dude. If you, know, if, you, if you can't control yourself, here on out, I will not be taking any more of your bets, all right? This is irrevocable. He said, yeah, fine. So whatever. 
But what's remarkable is like the first day he lost ten million to me. Like after that, I was rating a lot, so I, I wasn't like advertising my casino in, in you know in my main spot, right? So he messages me after he sees me again the next day, like, dude, I couldn't find you yesterday. So like, I played this other guy's casino and I lost hundred million. I'm like, oh shit! Oh no, you lost! I should have been there. Hundred million is way more money. So he's gambling much bigger the next day, right? <laughs> he only lost ten million to me, and then we lost five million to me like right after that. I'm like, I'm wondering, he lost hundred million the other day. He only lost five million more today. What's going on? And I asked him like, hey, what's up? He's like, oh, I- I'm down to my last five hundred thousand. It's like he's he's broke. He literally lost all his money. So, what I'm thinking, like, if I wasn't there, like, he he ended up playing a different casino, which has a much worse house edge. My house edge in my casino is twelve point nine percent. So I make on average twelve nine twelve point nine percent of everyone's bet in profit. He played another casino where it was like fifteen percent house edge. So he, he should have played my casino. But here on out, I did I did ban him from playing. So this this one individual can no longer participate in my casino. Now, well, what's also pretty funny is um like. I told him, like, listen, dude, if you know, if if you want to gamble, but don't, you know, you have a problem, right? Why don't you just run your own casino? That way, oh. you can still do the slash random. There's some excitement with RNG and whatnot, but you're, you know, you make profit. You know, you are the house, right? And he replied back, uh, "I can't really do that because I'm kind of slow." I'm like, what? You're slow, but all you're doing is like doubling the bets. You know, it's not like if they give you like a hundred thousand and they win, you give them two hundred thousand. He's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm really slow. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, he's like, I'm actually slow in the head. So once he told me that, I was like, oof. Yikes. Yikes. This guy lost $15 million to me, and he's admitting to me being slow in the head. It felt kind of bad, you know? But most of the time, no one's complaining, by the way. So it's not like I take advantage of people. I think most of the time people play my casino, they lose $5 million, $10 million. Most people, you know, never complain or are fine. And I become friends with my regular my regulars. Most people that lost the most money to me in the game, like, I talk to them pretty regularly, so they're very chill people. But I did feel a little bit bad about this guy losing money because he told me he was slow afterwards. And like, Basically, kinda, you robbed a an artard. That's what you're maybe, saying. but here, but here's the alternative. Like, if he doesn't lose money to me, right, he's gonna lose to somebody else. So I don't because of that. I don't really feel bad. In a way, I feel kind of good because like I gave him the best chance to win because my casino is the lowest house edge I've seen. Really, you're philanthropist. You're really um. In a way, I'm the good guy here. You're the good in, guy. In this story, right. the moral of the story: Remote Segoy, best casino in Final Fantasy 14. You can check me out at Limsa. I'm there pretty often. Oh boy. And this yeah, is this then this kids is a problem with uh, individual freedom, uh, and this is why the CCP in China has the best system in place for the 21st century. So, please pay me China for your promotion. There you go. <laughs> but it, it's it is it is weird to see people with gambling problems in these games that can't control themselves. You know, like what do you do? I mean, this obviously like if this works with the player casino, like. I don't think people realize how addictive uh, like loot boxes can be, because most of most of you in the chat are not like the gambling personality, the addictive personality. But there are people with the personality where they just have to keep going, you know. And 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 the way my casino works in Final Fantasy fourteen is so basic. People bet you know any amount of money between like ten thousand and five million gil. They type slash random. The game gives a random number between zero and nine nine nine. If you roll five ninety or higher, you win double your money. Nine fifty or higher, triple your money and whatnot. And it's a very unexciting game. You bet the money, you type slash random, you win or lose. That's it. But the way loot boxes are designed in mobile games, in gacha games, in a lot of titles, right? Loot boxes are designed to be exciting. The box will shake. You know, the colors will fly out. And, like, this card will turn backwards, glowing in orange legendary status. Flip over for the legendary card. Like, the, the whole, even opening packs in Hearthstone. Like, that, that process of, of the card opening packs and the, and the glimmer and the glow... It's specifically designed by psychologists to be like addictive, to be very colorful and special. And I see people fall into the trap of, of gambling way too much skill in Final Fantasy XIV, a very boring system, right? 
when you're doing it with real money, trying to get like the waifus in the games you want to play, it's clearly addictive. And there's there, there's definitely a problem there. I'm realizing that there's there's definitely some kind of market failure. Something's going on over there where people are being. I, I the best way to I, I don't I don't know the solution. There's a problem there where people addicted personalities. Gambling is rate. bad. Today and we learned we have gambling regulations in casinos. I don't want to ban loot boxes. All right, I'm all I'm a free market guy. All right, I love freedom, but love there's, freedom. there's something going on with with gambling and loot boxes. There's something there. We got we we need a solution that doesn't just ban it. We're looking into it. We got our best guys. Mechanics. You know, uh, Omar and I actually live in Vegas most of the year, and mm-hmm. when we first moved, we went to the casinos more often because it was new and glitzy, right? Mm-hmm. And we saw a guy at a craps table. Betting two hundred thousand U.S. dollars per roll of the dice—that's mm-hmm. a house. And uh, we, you know, the place we got, we, the place we live, costs less than that. So this guy was betting a house every roll, and he was playing for like you know, I don't know, like, at least like 20, 30 minutes while we were walking around. Mm-hmm. It's insane. To, I don't know. It's just insane. Pretty crafts players out there. He was playing, I think, ten thousand dollars in the pass line, fifty thousand dollars behind the pass line for sixty thousand, and he had like twenty thousand dollars or something on every single number on the table. So he was betting big. All right, so people. Oof, that's a lot of that's, that's a lot of money. Anytime I see people in the casino gambling with huge amounts of money, I, I'm always curious, like, wow, like, what does this person do that he has this much money to throw around? You know, what does he do? Who knows? Well, he won't be doing it for long. Let me tell you, he's spending two hundred thousand. <laughs> he he will soon be like your c- customer in uh, Final Fantasy. Will he be broke, let down his last five hundred thousand, and then he won't know what happened. Uh, one last story. I don't, think, I don't think I told this one last week. I thought it was I thought it was, this is the funniest Final Fantasy fourteen casino story I had recently. Somebody was playing in my casino, and uh, he would play like every day for like a week. And he he would he did the classic Martin Gale strategy where he thought he was so smart. Like he bet 100k. He, if he loses, he bets 200k. If he loses, he bets 400k, and he keeps doubling. You know what do you know? You know you can't lose eight times in a row. Forehead, right? You know it's guaranteed win. I figured out the math. So he would just keep doubling if he loses. And I mean, people have tried this before. It clearly doesn't work. But this guy was so boastful, right? He would be he'd win like. Every day he'd win like maybe like a million gil on me and then he stopped, right? He and he would brag like, oh, you know, you, you should probably stop taking my bets, dude. Like you're just, you're just losing money. I'm like, dude, that's not how it works. Now I have an advantage, you know, but your, your, your bets are always welcome. And this guy kept bragging to me that he would make, he made, oh, I made five mil off Remote, you know, it's the freest money in the world. He would just be typing that in like all chat in the game. And I keep reminding this guy, that's not how, you know, you're going to lose money in the long run. That's not how it works. He's like, no, dude, he's like, I got a strategy. I do strategic betting. You know, I, I manipulate the RNG with my strategic betting. You know, I'm going to win every time. I'm like, All right, you know, feel free to test your theory. And finally, because the way he plays, odds are he's going to win, you know, small amounts of money regularly. But if he loses once, he's, he'll lose big. And the next day, after all this bragging, he loses $65 million. He was up $5 million, and he ended up being down $65 million, Which, remember, in U.S. dollar terms, is worth about 250 bucks. So, rip guy. Rip guy in the strategic betting. Didn't work out. A very, a very smart mathematician there. Really uh, crunched the numbers. I tried to explain the math to him. He didn't get it. I, I linked to the Wikipedia article on the Martingale betting strategy. It doesn't work. You know, if I have a 12.9% house advantage, your EV is still negative. You know, your EV is negative. It's just basic math. But every time he made the bet and every time he bragged to me that he had a, he had a system figured out, I, I'm all about full disclosure. I tell all my customers I have a house edge. It's 12.9%. You know, gamble what you can afford to lose. At no point do I want to take advantage of people. So I'm an honest casino. An honest casino. Indeed. You know, it really shocks me that a game that um, bans people for calling out other players like damage charts allows gambling. Because a lot of other games do not allow. Like, WoW does not allow gambling. 
uh, but, it, but it has built-in damage charts. So it's just weird where the balance is. Now, do you think it being a Japanese company has anything to do with that? Because I feel like gambling is a little more acceptable in, in Asian countries. I think so. It's, it's not really a moral issue. Too. in uh, mm-hmm. like Gambling is still considered like a, maybe like negative expected value. But there's no, there's no moral dimension to it, I feel like, the way there is in I the West. Right. Yeah. It is way more common. Uh, so I mentioned chat, Pachinko is a huge part of their culture and whatnot. Gambling has a very negative stigma in America, much more so. You know, it's like a, it's really because like a sin or something. You know, yeah, kind of like suicide. Like in Asia, mm-hmm. if you kill yourself, it's like whatever. You know, but in the West, it's like a moral. You go to hell. You know, I mean, obviously, we say whatever. I mean, it's still, it's something, right? But you try. You're just saying it's it's less of. Well, a, well, it's something in the real. It's something like materially, but like they don't think of it as like you're going to be punished for it the way Westerners yeah. do. Mm-hmm. Some West. Lot, I mean, it, it must be the reason because they do ban people, like you said, for. For a lot of small things, or yeah, they don't always ban you outright. They're gonna they're gonna punish. They're gonna warn you and then suspend you if you keep doing it, right? I mean, people have been suspended for for saying mean things. Essentially, you know, if you if you're too if you harass people, you're very rude in chat. You know, you get reported for stuff like that. I mean, we've looked at the, the we've looked at the Final Fantasy 14 terms of service and their their engagement policy, right? Their user policy, and they say some absurd things. Like if you one of the most insane things in their in their you know in their usage policies, if you say something like you cannot reject someone's opinion unilaterally, which is the stupidest thing ever, which because I don't know. If somebody tells me they're gonna they're gonna play healer, but they want to tank, I'm gonna be like, no, bro, you're not doing that. It's an awful idea. I'm, you know, apparently that's you know reportable. But what if you gang up? Like if two people reject one guy, is that now not unilateral because it's two of you? Ooh, you're right. <laughs> no, I mean, I, it would be both parties engaged, not like I two know. people. But it, they're definitely pretty. You know, you can't do a lot of things, but you're allowed to gamble, which is nice. Which is nice. They should have pachinko machines in Final Fantasy. Do they have those yet? In the no. gold saucer. What, what, the gold saucer have pachinko. They should. You're right. That's they they really should have. They should put slot machines in the gold saucer. They make a lot of money. But the thing is, like, what I don't actually... The gold saucer has a lot of, like, you know, gambling mechanics. It's a few gambling mechanics. Like, there's a there's a, there's a scratch card, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, the scratch card is, like, it costs you 10 MGP, which is, like, the alternative currency, right, to play. You can only play it three times per day. It's a hugely positive EV. Like, you can't lose money. Like, it's impossible. Like, the lowest payout is, like, 100. So, if you buy it for 10, you get 100 minimum. So, it's, like, free money. There's no actual negative EV games. At all in like the gold sauce. It reminds me of like the um, the scratch off in Neopets. It was always worth more uh, than mm-hmm. the price you pay for it. <laughs> not always, but the, the EV was positive. I remember yeah. you could actually win nothing. You know, no, no. no if, you, if, you, you, if, you, if you sell the scratch card, oh, oh, yes, you'd sell the scratch card for more rather than scratching. Yeah, it. rather than scratching. Actually, Howard mentioned there's an actual casino in GTA Five now. Oh yeah, I, I actually think GTA Six is one of the MMORPGs I'm MMORPGs I'm most excited for because. GTA 5 Online has really been evolving into a pseudo MMO, you know, with this whole yeah. role-playing thing. Uh, these, and they've, they've constantly upgraded. You know, that game is, came out for PS3. It, that's insane. It's like over... It's an know. old game. Yeah, it's an old-ass game. And it's apparently, it's you know, as, as big as ever. So if they make P- GTA 6, uh, you know, a PS5 uh, launch title or something, I think it has a chance of being a huge... Oh, like, for sure. I mean, even GTA like, 5 right now, their online servers are making so much money. I know uh, Jim Sterling made, made a good video on, um, a great video actually on the on the GTA 5's, uh, no, the casino they add to the game, the Diamond Resort and Casino. Worth checking out, even if you don't, you don't like, um, you know, even if you're with Jim Sterling, there's a good video pointing out because it is remarkable in the, where we live in with how much scrutiny microtransactions are getting and gambling mechanics and games are getting. It is remarkable to see GTA 5, a premier AAA one of the biggest games in the world. Just literally slap a casino in their game where you can buy chips with real money. I actually no. don't mind because one, it's rated M. It's not, it's not, a kid, it's not, it's not for kids. And I, I know kids probably ignore that and play anyway. Yeah. But it's labeled for kids and it kind of, uh, the Diamond Resort kind of fits like the urban modern theme, you know? Like 
So I, I'm, I actually think it's okay. But if you can buy in-game currency with USDs, there's like an indirect form of, you know, gambling. Obviously, you can't cash out. There's no cash out, yeah. There's no cash out, obviously, right? But that one-way street, plus I'm sure you can buy like, from other people. You know, people probably, there's probably an RMT market for it too. Maybe, I, I gotta look, I, I don't know how MMO-esque it is. Like, can you give other players like, you know, millions Money? of currency? Probably. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't played it. If anyone chat has played GTA Online, so can you RMT basically? Can you just give someone millions for nothing and then you know they pay you on PayPal? I'm going to buy GTA Cash. You buy eight million. You can't give it. anyone money. Yeah, that's what I that's what I figured because it's still it's a PS3 game, guys. It, it's probably very narrow when it's online feed. You know, the interactive. Wait, so you can't transfer the money. It looks like. Yeah, I guess so. So when when people are selling codes online or redeeming it, basically official pre. Pre-purchase, yeah, the sharp pre-purchase parts. codes, yeah. yeah. Mm. Interesting. So the fact that you can't trade your in-game currency actually makes it a lot better. And I know Canaris mentioned that you know Jim Sterling said you better off going to a real casino. Obviously, you can win real money at a real casino. But uh, if you, I, I actually like casinos and games where if you're playing with in-game currency, but if you can buy the in-game currency, it definitely creates this weird dynamic where it might be like, in in a way, gambling with real money, even though it's not, you know. Right, they're they're going they're going for whole hog on that one though, and they might be inviting regulation though with with how much they're you know. Well, they, maybe maybe they're center. maybe they're pushing the envelope on purpose to like you know bring the hammer down because I think at the end of the day I think they might be immune from it because I think the main controversy at least in Congress right is the moral panic around kids doing mm-hmm. this right the loot boxes for kids so I think maybe in a, in a subversive way if they push the envelope and get everyone in trouble. They might emerge stronger because their mature rated games will be, uh, you know, more shielded from this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I got a I got a fun story here, Omar. If you want to, yeah, let's hear it. So, in my favorite country, uh, the People's Republic of China, there is Ooh. now a two-hour limit for League of Legends, the PC version, not the little mobile Honor King stuff. So you is can a only two-hour limit for kids, right? For kids, everyone, anyone under eighteen. Two hours a day. So that basically means you can play two rounds a day, right? Each match takes like 30 to 40 minutes. You got to like queue. You got to like pick. Let's say, 30, let's, say 30, let's say 35 minutes on average, something like that. But what about queuing, picking characters? Yeah, or yeah I'm, I'm going to say probably because league, league games never go like, almost never go like the Dota 2 games where it can take like an hour and a half sometimes. That almost never happens in league. It could happen. Very rare. So how many games? So would you say three games is fair? Yeah, Four? three games. Three? Three, okay. three games. No, okay. I, game's I, I, comfortable. You don't want to risk the fourth game because right. uh, even if you have three quick games, that fourth one might take too long. You know, it's like you, you type your teammate, teammates like, "Oh shit, guys! I only have like five minutes left on my my internal clock before I get banned, before I get kicked for the day. Let's finish this game quick." You, you know what I was thinking? Imagine you look up your enemy's like uh, profile. Like, what, what, what's a site called where you can look up people's like locking? This is OPGG. OPGG. So imagine you're playing against people that are on their third game of the day. You could just tell your teammates, okay, guys, just stall. This guy's under 18. If we just stall for 10 minutes, he's out. He's kicked out. He's booted. (laughs) Easy win, then. It's interesting because, I mean, I I can, I could see regulations like this coming to America eventually. You know, like, obviously, game video game consumption is going through the roof. I mean, more people are playing games and games are more addictive than before. So I, I could see something like this happening for kids under 18. You know, this is not going to happen. This, this was obviously not applied to adults. It doesn't apply to adults in China either. Mm-hmm. But I could see, you know, parents pushing for this, some kind of regulation like this in America. Yeah, I think I think we will get it um, sooner or later. You know, Trump is blaming um, violent yeah. video games for uh, some shootings recently. So Yeah, and almost everyone universally came out and said, you know, this is bullshit, you know. I think mm-hmm. that's one of the few things I think 
that has been thoroughly studied and has been debunked as not being linked to violent crime. I mean, there's so many examples of, you know, look, look at every other country in the world that has, you know, that play violent video games or video games in general and their mass shootings. There's no correlation whatsoever. I know you actually unironically argue with me in a previous podcast that violent video games do have some impact on it. I do think it has some, yes. Again, now you, now you have to quantify stuff because before anyone gets outraged, I do personally think that there is some link between violent video games and uh, mass shootings. However, I think that link is like 0.0001%. You know, like if we had no violent video games in the world, maybe we'd have one less mass shooting a year. Like if there was all, we've never played violent video games. They're all like banned. They've always been banned. They have an insignificant impact on, on these numbers. What's the term for like um, habit- habituation? I think it's, I think it's a term. Like imagine you walk into a stinky room and you're just there for a while. You'll stop smelling it, right? Sure. So let's say you're like a super socialist guy, but for some reason, every day on your commute for an hour, you listen to Fox News or Fox Radio, right? The conservative radio. Yeah. You, initially, you don't agree with it, but if you keep, you know, year after year after year, you're going to subtly start, build, you know, you're going to start. It's, it's something we can't how, really how control. Is what we're well, if you're about. playing like Call of Duty and shooting people, you're going to be more comfortable. And then, and then you're in a situation where let's say you go to you go to like a summer camp and they give you, hey kids, these are AR-15s, go shoot some stuff. Like the targets, you no. as an as a as a veteran, okay, as a Gold Eagle Star ranked player, are gonna be more comfortable with it that for your first time than other people doing it for the first time who have no gaming experience. I you know, I think that's a natural human uh, impulse. Huge. Big, uh, press X for doubt. Look at this charge linked to you. So why is that? Why is what you're saying not happening in any other country? Well, I'm not saying they're gonna go out and shoot people. I say it makes you more comfortable yes. around the world. Now, now you have to quantify what that means, Altai, because because I. What you're saying, I think, is is factually true, yeah, and can be demonstrated to a degree. However, I don't think it has any like meaningful correlation to mass shootings. Like we're talking, well, like remember that like, remember the stupid Netflix movie that came out, the show, uh, Thirteen Reasons Why. You know they had to remove the suicide scene, which which, which they didn't was, have to remove it. They chose to well because yes. they were getting so much pushback from these you know sure. crybabies. But, but the point is, there are a lot of retards who saw that, and and, and some of them killed themselves over that stupid Netflix movie. Why? Because sure. you just you just copy you just copy what you you know, see. You know, for example, they say just hearing about a mass shooting increases the chance of someone doing a mass shooting. Yeah, sure, right. Again, so, 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 so I, I, I agree with you. Violent video games will increase the desensitization. Desensitization. Okay. Yes. But now you have to quantify what you're saying. Well, no, I don't. Quantify, it's a logical. It's not. Well, no, I'm making it's logical statement. Now I agree. If I was trying to pass a law about this, which I'm not, right? If I'm trying to. If I'm trying to do something in the real world with this information, I would have to quantify it, right? So we have a quant, so we have a, a proportionate, you know, response. But I'm just saying, in the abstract, that yes, playing a violent video games will desensitize you to guns and, and shooting people, and that you know that that's just a fact. Okay, again, but you saying that is so disingenuous. It, it it shows something you don't actually mean. Like what? I don't like right, the right, actual what's, impact and what's quantification. Closer? What you're saying is is, is so. Insignificant. How many? Okay, how, what's closer, uh, Pluto or Mars? Mars. Oh yeah. Keep it, how many miles closer? You don't know. Quantify it. No, no. But what I'm saying is, like, to the degree. No, no. Quantify it. Talking, you made a statement. You, you, we, we can't. We you're can't being, quantify. You're it. being no, You. I want you to quantify it. Okay. It's like three times closer. Is that true? You made it up. Ballpark. Okay. Oh, okay, so ball, fine. Ballpark. One uh, percent more. Playing Call of Duty. One percent okay, more. Ready, ready. That, that's what we're going. Uh, all the actual disagree. Nobody, that, I, I, no, that, that's nonsense. It's not one percent more likely to be a shooter. If that was the case, why, why aren't there one percent of the shooters that happen in America, in Japan, or Korea, or, or UK? I said one percent because I was mocking your random estimate. Like, I, so <laughs> it, it, realistically speaking, your number must match the data. So if you look at the what? data, it shows violent gun deaths in these other countries, like 
South Korea, China, first of all, America has guns. The other countries don't. Okay. That's so if if if, if let's say hypothetically, let's just one percent as the well, cause. America, of, America got more non-gun violence too than a lot of these other countries. Right. Exactly. We're more we're more you know alpha people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's say hypothetically, Call of Duty causes one percent higher mass shooting. Right. The availability I, of guns in America would be more like eighty percent. Right, so it, 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 it's a orders of magnitude fine, less. Fine. What, what, what about Switzerland? How many how many how many uh, mass shootings in Switzerland where there's more guns per capita than probably America? They, no, they, they don't have more guns per capita. Than they're very similar. I don't think so. They're less. They're more. They're more than average, but they're less than us. I think Yemen is number two at half the, of the, the, per, the percent of households with guns. I'm talking number per guns per capita. That, that's irrelevant. The percent of households with guns. That, that's accessibility well, it, of guns. Well, if your dad's got the gun locked up, it's different than if you can go out and well, buy well, one. Well, dad can go shoot people too if he wants. No, that, you play, that, dad plays violent video games too. What are you dads about? don't shoot people. Okay, these crazy teens playing too much Call of Duty, oh. too much Candy Crush. You know, you, they, you have countries that are. Oh, you, you had a nice little example of you know America has access to more guns. Yes. But Switzerland has per household gun. Like, the amount no, of households no, with guns is very high in Switzerland. What's you're throwing the burden of all these statistics at me when I'm just making a true statement? Yes. So with your statement, why then your statement? If, if we accept what you're saying is true, we have to see. Okay, Canaris. A, a thank you, thank you, Canaris. Firearms. Per 100 people in the U.S., it's 125. That's more guns than people. Right. Switzerland, so 27.6. There, there should be five times more mass shootings in America than there is in Switzerland. But let's look at the actual numbers, where it's going to be nowhere near that number. It should be one one hundredth of it. So now this is not. So now we can we can. So what's your wait wait wait? Uh, my point is that your statistic is meaningless now because if we find that the guns per capita in Switzerland is one fifth of the guns per capita in the U.S., yeah. then we should we should have they should have one fifth of our violent crime. Why one fifth of our gun crime? Why? Because they play video game, violent video games just as much as everybody, you know, Americans do. You don't know that. You just made that up. We can, we, you have no we, clue how much video games... Also... I bet you that also, video also, games you are, no, 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 is no, no, higher no, no, they're no, a richer country. Your equation is, is considering there's only two variables. Guns and violent video games. There are actually a thousand variables. Right? Sure. And violent video games are one of the thousand. Now, if you told yes. me to rank the thousand, I would say violent games is somewhere in the bottom 900. You know? Okay, so, so again, so now we can... Quant- so, what you're trying to say is that it is a very a small, small effect. if not tiny impact. Yes. I don't think any sensible person will dispute that. But that was my, well, uh, you, you, you made a big deal out of it. That's all I was saying. Because the way you present that data is like trying to be like contrary and trying to be like cool about it, which is, which is stupid. Because again, it, it's such an insignificant number where it's a rounding error. I to the point where New York Times had a great article on this. You know, let me see if we can look at, look at you, Altai. If you look at the actual data... Uh, video games aren't why shootings happen. Politicians still blame them, said one expert. The data on bananas causing suicides is about as okay. conclusive. Let's replicate two planets, okay? Identical populations. Identical. Every factor is identical except the violent games. Okay? okay. Now let's also now let's boost the population of these countries to 100 trillion each. Yep. Okay? There will be significant, you know, the hundreds of gun deaths in one over the other if we only tweak the violent game variable. True or false? Yeah. Okay, when you have trillions of population and maybe oh, 100 more I rest days. my case. No, I, 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 already, I already agree with you. Maybe it'd be a 0.00001%. Some very insignificant tiny number is attributable to violent Well, if that game. was your son, whoa, whoa. if your son got killed and he was the 0.0001, I don't think you'd see it that way. No, you'd still be mad, but the data will yeah. say it's oh, like well, 0. I guess you can, you can Well, at the That's funeral. That's my argument. I'm at saying the, that the, at the funeral, you can go to that kid's house. How, how is this related? And you can so, say, so, well, you know. With hundreds of trillions of people. Hundred extra people die because of violent video games. Yes, that that's, that's it could be true. Somebody but, today, this year, someone died in this country thanks, due to violent video games. True or false? Uh, I, no, false. Because I don't. Not one. False. Not one. Nope. Nope. Not not from mass. No, I don't think so. I didn't say mass shootings. I said just in so, the in the lifetime of this country, probably at least one person died. Yeah, there you go. In the life, not this year. I, I, probably in the, 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 how low the stats. You know how how poor the correlation is. 
you know, maybe one person died. Yeah, good article on New York Times on this. I, I think that this one of the things that's been studied quite a bit where there's been no causal link. Or you're, well, hold on, hold on. First of all, first of all, link. You, you're, you're also assuming that my solution to this is to ban these games, right? Mm-hmm. Which, which, which was not my solution. Mm-hmm. I think, for example, China has a good system. Game for Peace, it's a PUBG, but when you, when you shoot people, instead of dying and bleeding, they just wave at you and disappear. Yeah, there you go. <clears throat> isn't that, isn't, so you get the same effects of gameplay, just without the, without the guns. There you go. Also, it should be noted that in countries like Japan, um, their gaming sector is way less gun-heavy with their games, right? The culture in America well, what is... What about UK? Mo- they play the same games in UK. Well, yeah, and look, okay. at, look at that chart, like, y'all. You show, look, UK, look UK has more killings than Japan. UK has more violence than Japan. Look at the... Yes, I know. Okay, ultimately, culture drives um, these violence. Culture drives everything. Right, right. So the culture in America and Western... Uh, and in UK specifically is, is more uh, violent in general. Mm-hmm. Anyway, more interestingly, I think besides the gun death statistic on the side, the left side shows video game revenue per person, which I think is amazing. That South Korea per per capita revenue is 150 bucks. Now, USA is a much richer country than, than South Korea or China, but the average Chinese person spends more money per person than the average American. And the average American is like five times wealthier, five times more income than the average you know Chinese. So it's amazing how much room there is for monetization. You, know, you think the gotcha games and the, and, the, and the loot boxes are taking it too far in America? Look at China. They're squeezing more dollars from people with less money. You know, it's remarkable how much room there is for monetization increasing in, uh, in America. Well, I think there is actually it's another culture thing. I think I don't think Americans are as um, willing to spend on gotcha as mm-hmm. Asians. But Americans are willing to spend on something else and, and the game companies will figure it out. You know, if not gotcha, something else. Right. Well, no, no, because our, our government could, which is part of our culture, could ban gambling in games before but, but they, they have do. Well, I think they will. If anything, you know. The places like China have taken the have taken a greater stand on regulating gaming. With how many kids can only play games for two mm-hmm. hours a day? Uh, gotcha games are required to publish their odds. So, if anything, China is being more proactive with regulating these loot boxes well, and regulating. Sure, games but I think too again, but not not they're not stopping gambling because if you look at <clears throat> gambling numbers, Macau alone is like multiples of all U.S. gambling. And in not Japan, multiple, it's, it's bigger. In, yeah. in Macau, pachinko is bigger than all U.S. gambling. Japan, you mean Japan? Yeah, pachinko in Japan. If you look at all gambling revenue in America, it's probably higher than Japan, only because we have state lotteries, and state lottery numbers are through the roof. But if you're looking at casino gambling, you're right. Mm-hmm. But again, there's plenty of gambling happens in America, Altai. And the stat you look for Macau is bigger than the Las Vegas Strip, not all of American casino gambling. Also, Culture, ask, that's also a very politicized, politicized stat. The, the, the data the FBI uses for mass shooting is uh, if four or more people die, the shooting is a mass shooting. By that definition, there's only been like one. There's only like three a year, but another. There is no official federal definition, but that, that was the FBI's use of mass shooting. However, if you go with the three or more people shot, then there's 250 mass shootings a year. You know, so depends on how you use that term. Mass shooting is a very politicized term. Here's a, okay. Here's a just to wrap this up in a philosophical level. Okay, no stats. Okay, okay just no stats. You, Let's talk from our feelings. If you no, no, that's the feeling. If you disagree with the logic, let me know. Okay. Okay. A culture. That like a culture that produces you pieces of art like Call of Duty, right? Like Halo, yeah. in in this abundance, Gears of War, versus a culture that produces like Mario and like these you know, Japanese games, right? Whoa, the, whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold on, you, you're assuming. The, what about what Battle Royale? Was that movie that came from Japan where these kids are on an island killing okay, each other? We're talking. There's great. plenty of violence. Yeah, in yes, Japan. there is. There is yeah. plenty of violence. 
but there's more gun violence. We're talking about guns, okay? Yeah, there are guns and Battle Royale where people shoot each other on an okay. island. Yes, there are, there are some. There's also normal. Sh- there's like Samus games. You know what are they call? Yeah, there's a lot of there's gun games in Japan too. There are more in America as a percentage, and they're more popular in America. And let me, let me finish. The the kind the culture that pro- produces more of these content will just have more violence because it's just a more violent culture. Like you, you know, I don't know. There's a lot, there's a lot of uh, violent anime. Have you? There's a whole genre for this stuff where it's like unusually violent in Japan. And I'm sure there's but Japanese about, TV shows. Mainstream, like Call of Duty yeah. is for everyone, right? It's not. It's yeah. like it's like One Piece. Oh, compare it to One. Don't compare it to some niche you, esoteric. You would have to look at it, Altai. In like, okay, let's say Japan, on a, per capita produces one fifth of the violent yes. content. Okay, sure. Content includes games, movies, everything, right? As America, then they would have, we, to have let's one. Just, let's just of let's our focus on. Crime. We got, yeah, okay, sure. We got to focus on. We got to focus on one thing. Let's focus on games. Okay, if they produce one tenth of our violent games. They should have one tenth of violent crime. No, right? no, all, everything else is equal. All else being equal, what do you think? Uh, no, I, 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 I don't know. All right, who knows? All right, well, this is a disagreement. I, uh, I think all else being equal, it's going to make you more violent. The, the culture, the, what you're attracted to, defines you. Eh. Anyway, let's take it to uh, something more. Somebody mentioned in the pregame earlier a conversation which I think is interesting. We said he said fuck leveling, just make an MO with instant endgame. How do you feel about that, Altai? Do you think that could work? But, uh, uh, no, I don't think it'll work. But you don't have to have a leveling system. For example, skill system has been tried in many games: uh, Star Wars Galaxies, Ultima Online. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think, but that's still a form of grinding, you know. Like what he's trying to say is basically skip the like the the, the boring, you know, progression part and get to the well, end you, game. Well, you game. wouldn't call it end game then, would you? Yeah, I mean, it's well, no, you just call it the game then. You I just guess. call it. The- so, the, but then that game would still need an end game, right? Like mm-hmm. there'd, there'd have to be a sense of progression for items, you know, or something. No, but, but what's interesting, I, I do think there's a market for that. For, for example, like I did for the, some of the raiders I talked in Final Fantasy fourteen who were new to the game. I asked them like, "Oh, what do you think about the story?" Right? Like, oh, I, they, I skipped, I skipped all of it. In fact, every like raider who, who I asked that started the game this expansion, they told me they all they all skipped the story. In fact, I couldn't find one person. Again, my sample size was maybe like 15, 15 people, right? That I asked, they all skipped the story. Which is interesting because I think you know, a lot of people that play Final Fantasy IV, they do play for the story. I, and I found out. I think, okay, well, first of all, your camera glitched, so you got to turn it back on. Yeah. And number two, I think all of the people who play Final Fantasy, you're probably right. A lot of them like the story. But all of the people that are raiding at your level, right? They're, yeah. they're on the, the fourth raid. This yeah. is, Of that, I think 90% don't give a shit about the story. That's my. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I'm surprised because again, the story in a Final Fantasy game is a big part of it. But there is enough of an audience that only want to play for the rating. Yeah. You know, these guys they, they love the game. You know, because I ended up clearing some of the content with these random guys, and that they were having everyone was screaming, they were excited, and they're coming from World of Warcraft, I guess. So they don't want to do the leveling process. So I do think that I think there is a market for a game that doesn't have the the leveling experience, the grind experience, the story experience. However, it still has the MMO style rating where you have a boss fight that takes an ex- a long time. I mean, the only other game that kind of reminds me of this that would fit this style to a degree would perhaps be um, Monster Hunter World or perhaps Dauntless. Because in a game like Dauntless, you're not really you're fighting boss fights after boss fights, but the problem is it still gets grinding in its own way because you know you want to get to the end game and fight the end game bosses. And the early game bosses, they don't, they're not really like like to learn a fight without looking at a guy in Final Fantasy 14 on launch day. You know, it might take like like three hours or four hours to clear a fight from start to finish on launch week. Like the second or third fight it might take like 10, 15 hours on average, if not longer than that. There is no fight in Dauntless early on that would take you more than like twenty minutes to figure out. 
I mean, the, the fights themselves aren't like you're killing 10 orcs, you're fighting a boss, but it's relatively basic, and you, you're basically grinding that boss. You've killed it so many times for materials. So even that isn't a perfect example. But I do think there could be a game that if it was designed around just MMO-style raid fights, I mean, maybe like 10, 15 people or five, whatever, however many people, and you just have raid fight after raid fight after raid fight with varying different levels of difficulty and other ways of progression where you're basically at endgame from the start. Isn't it just Monster Hunter? No, yeah, like I said, a lot of the early Monster Hunter fights aren't like that, though. Like, you still you still rush to get to the end game of Monster Hunter, where you find yeah. the, the t- tougher bosses. You know, they still like both Dolus and Monster Hunter are, are good examples of that, right? But it's not perfect because you're still fighting crap bosses early on. You want to get to the, the top. But you need later. to fight crap bosses to learn the mechanics. Like, how would you? So if you just throw somebody into the last fight in Monster Hunter, or like the last fight in Dark Souls with the with the rusty dagger, they're just gonna not have fun. They're gonna quit instantly. No, but but, but I, I don't. And what was, I was like, for example, when I first started raiding Final Fantasy fourteen, like I finished all the story, and then when I first got the savage raids, like it, it might as well be throwing me to the last boss because I, I disagree because the game doesn't teach you anything. Well, I mean, at least you, know, you you get the you get the ability slowly, right? You don't learn your rotation. You don't learn what the markers do. Like I I didn't know what any of the markers on my head did. There's like red markers, you know, like AOE markers appear on you. There's a stack marker you gotta go with your group. I didn't know what any of those meant because I never had to. Because if you didn't, if you ignored all the mechanics in fourteen while doing dungeons and leveling, it doesn't matter. I didn't know a proper rotation because it didn't matter. I, I can't comment on Final Fantasy, how well Final Fantasy does, yeah, does that. That applies to a lot but of MMOs. Even a game that does a bad job at it, at least you know what the skills do. You don't know the order you should do them, right? But I feel okay, I'll give an example. So I quit Star Wars uh, The Old mm-hmm. Republic after like, two months when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And I came back when it was free to play. I logged on my max level character. I tried to fight like, a random monster and like, I died to it. Because yeah. back then at least... Star Wars Old Republic was actually hard, and it had like you know fifty abilities. Like I, all my mm-hmm. all my hot bars were full, and I just didn't know what they did. Like, and the icons all look the same to me, so I just died. Like I, I, I just said, forget this. I just closed it. So, I think slowly leveling and getting these abilities does does give you a learning curve. I mean, I mean, there's clearly value there too. I mean, obviously a lot of people do enjoy the process of leveling, and it depends on the game as well. Like, like the whole journey of leveling and grinding, I think is actually the whole game in a game like Maple Story, right? Like that that's the experience is, is leveling and well, grinding. It's not to be leveling. It could be like okay, you fight a boss, right? And then you lose to it, and then a little pop up comes up. If you push, you know, arrow key twice, you you can dodge. So now so it slowly teaches you the mechanics. But but you can learn those mechanics just throwing yourself at the bosses too. But when first I say those boss fights can be the gameplay. Like But the game would still have to teach you. But, but like how would you know how do you like, know that, that like up down left right is gonna like make your character spin? There's Did a tutorial you, on, on how, what your buttons do. But let's say there's like 50 different abilities. They're all open to you instantly. A lot of MMOs don't have that many, that much variety. You know, like you, let's, you, let's you, say 20. you have X amount of spells. Let's say like, 20. Not 50. Sure, 20. Right. So isn't there some uh, purpose in, in, in explaining it to you a little bit at a time? If there was, yeah. a, if there was a tutorial right. over 30 minutes, I'm not going to do it. Difficulty levels fixes this. So like in 14 or you know, in World of Warcraft as well, you have, you know, LFR raids. You know, you have normal No one raids, learns anything raids. in LFR. Exactly, but you, you you learn your abilities. What they do, and th- you have so much time to dodge telegraphs. The, the telegraphs are giant, are enormous. So you have telegraphs in, in LFR mode uh, okay, or in I, casual I, mode, and then you won't have telegraphs in savage mode. I suspect that uh, the vast majority of players need some kind of progression. Now, it doesn't have, have to be levels. Oh, I, it doesn't have to be skill points. It can be you know items, abilities. Uh, but if you don't, if you don't give people that, they're not going to learn uh, everything right away. Like they're just going to quit. Now, again, like you said, it, your there is a huge market for the current MMO market, right? The way MMOs are structured today have their benefits as well. But is there a market for an MMO? No. An MMO-like game? Yeah, like five only, guys. Maybe. 
But it, it was interesting to see that a lot of these people, they were just playing for the raiding. I'm curious, what percent? I mean, obviously, it's still a very small percentage. People yeah. that raid in 14 or World of Warcraft, people that actually complete mythic content, is such a small percent of the population overall. So probably not a huge market, but I, I, I think there's a market, but not a big market. Yeah, I think it's very small. I think I think we linked, uh, we talked about clear rates before in uh, Final Fantasy 14. Here's a here's a number. It's worth sharing again, just so people are curious, because I do think a lot of people that play 14 or World of Warcraft that do mythic rating or savage rating, they kind of uh, they live in their own bubble where they don't realize, you know, like it's not representative of the average player. You know, the average player doesn't do any of the hard hardcore content. So if you look at this the stat over here in EU and NA, this was back when uh, 08s was the latest raid, and it's it's a pretty good proxy for people that actually do the raids. So in NA, only 2.5 percent of players actually had the, the 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 raid mount from the last raid. So about only 2.5% players. And that, that double counts alts and stuff too. So 2.5% is an accurate percentage of people that actually end up doing savage raids. Now, if you if you include only the first fight, which is usually easier, in like in world, in Mythic Raiding, for example, doing the first fight in, a, uh, what was it, the, the dungeon you were in, Uldun, Ulda, whatever, uh, was, was, much low, was much higher than everything else. So even if you include that, we double these numbers, only 5 to 6% of players are really doing it, though. In Japan, it's quite a bit higher. But overall, I'm going to say in the NA servers, no more than 5% of people ever even consider doing uh, Savage Raids. Yeah, so again, th- I think this kind of proves that there's, the market is just not there for something that's just pure raiding. Mm-hmm. The biggest flaw, I think, in MRPG design has been this idea that um, you got to make a hardcore-style game. Like, and Wildstar went in flames with that. Mm-hmm. And so, and I really think games like even Crowfall are going to suffer, and even Callum Unchained, because they're aiming for this kind of PvP hardcore aspect that I think the audience is just not there for that. Mm-hmm. Which is unfortunate, because I, I do love doing the raids in, in 14. It's, it's what I'm personally most engaged with the game. But I do like the MO feel of the game. Again, there's something about just being in this world where it's almost like it, it is kind of a Discord chat room. Like, MMOs, for the most part, are chat rooms. You know, there are, there's a chat room with avatars, and that's your character, right? That extra layer of interaction with other players in the MO world is fun. I, I do like that. Like, I do love emoting random people in the game. First of all, my law fell is cute as fuck. That's the main reason. But like just walking around, equipping my character, trying on different, you know, glams, doing other shit with like friends and the, like just being in the world is fun. And there's gotta be more options there on what to do. You know, they gotta greatly expand the gold saucer, add more mini games. They got there's so many other things they can add to the MO experience that's not related to hardcore rating. While I love hardcore rating and, and the rating aspect of the game, I do want there to be more in the game. I want more stuff to work towards. And most of my friends, like a lot of casuals in my guild, for example. A lot of them don't raid. They, they literally just play to collect all the mounts, all the outfits, get all the achievements. There's a lot of stuff you can do in the game besides raiding. Right, but, but your, your game wouldn't, wouldn't have those, right? It would just have no, the raids. Yeah, <laughs> just raids would be yeah. for a hardcore... Again, the market clearly isn't that big. I'm looking yeah. at these statistics over here. But it could be interesting because these people, they, they, they enjoy it. You know, People that, that just log into 14th raid. You know, my, I'm most engaged when I raid, personally, but I still play outside of raiding in the game. How's how's the camera looking? Is there a reason it's not working? Still broken, boys. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, let me let me open and close it. All right there it is. There he there is. There it is, boys. There it is. Now it's fixed. We are back. We're back, boys. Exactly. Tony makes a good point. I mean, whether it's World of Warcraft, you know, ESO, Guild Wars, and those are really good for just hanging out. In a way, it's a Discord server, but with with avatars that you care about. You know, like. Your avatar on Discord doesn't really matter. You know, there's no personal connection to you, but your character in the MO has this connection to you, the player. And it just, it's, it's different. It, it, 
it does remain untapped. I, I do really have strong opinions on what I'd like to see in Final Fantasy XIV done on a non-gameplay element. Like, a lot of people have very passionate opinions on, like, oh, we got to balance Fire 4 to less damage or tweak the numbers. I don't care about that stuff. I think there's a lot that Final Fantasy XIV and World of Warcraft and Ammo can do to enhance the, the, the engagement for players without adding difficult content or balancing stuff. Like, we, we talked about this previously, but there's no reason why you can't play maybe, like, Final Fantasy 1 in Final Fantasy XIV. Have a little arcade machine that you can buy in the cash shop maybe for five bucks that you put it in your house. Anyone that's, a, you know, that is a member of your guild or has access to your house can just sit there and play Final Fantasy 1 inside a little terminal in Final Fantasy XIV. It would help make the world feel more like alive. So people, you know, you interact with objects more. Or just maybe some really old Square Enix games or something, right? And sell those on a, on a per unit basis. Just don't be, why aren't there more mini games in the Gold Saucer? These are literally like Flash games. Like, you had sites like Newgrounds and Armor Games with thousands of Flash games. Like, why can't we have some more, like, mini-games in the Gold Saucer? This, it, I can't imagine this, this requires that much, like, developer resources. Like, if you're designing a whole new, you know, zone with quests, with, with, with story quests and stuff, yeah, that's, that's, that's an endeavor. But why can't we have, like, 100 games in the Gold Saucer? I, I have no idea. And, it, I, and I wouldn't hold your breath. Yeah, I wouldn't hold your breath on this stuff. Because, mm-hmm. like we said earlier, there's no... WoW could literally add Hearthstone inside WoW, but they haven't. That, that, that's insane so to if me. They, if, they can't, if, if Blizzard can't figure that out, there's no way you're going to have like hundreds of games and mini games in, in, in a, you know, a game. So uh, what's the Gold Saucer? As AGW, it's a place in Final Fantasy XIV and, and, a lot of, and every Final Fantasy game where there's a lot of like, mini games. It's, a, it's a, like a circus kind of, carnival kind of place where you play all these little mini games. But with, like, with Hearthstone, for example, I don't actually play Hearthstone that often, right? I don't play very, very often at all. I play when my friend really wants to play 1v1 me or something. I'll play. But if I could, like, in World of Warcraft, if I could, if somebody, if I could walk up to a player and, like, while we're waiting for somebody or something, right? In WoW, right click a player, play Hearthstone, challenge to Hearthstone. And in World of Warcraft, Hearthstone pops up and we just play each other in game. There'd be so much more engagement. Like, in Final Fantasy XIV, if I could just right click challenge people, I'd be playing a lot more Hearthstone that way. You, you can challenge people in Final Fantasy XIV to Triple Triad, but Triple Triad is not fun. It's, it's not a good game, in my opinion. Triple Triad, but because of Triple Triad, I do play people in Triple Triad randomly. If we're just standing around the house, where you can challenge people. You can't challenge them everywhere, but in certain zones you can. So I will randomly play people in Triple Triad, even though the gameplay in Triple Triad is awful, in my opinion. Well, someone mentioned Spatial OS in chat. I'm not sure why, but that gives me a reason to make fun of Spatial OS a little more. Another mm-hmm. Spatial OS alpha in development game has is now done. It's going bankrupt. It's called Mavericks Proving Grounds. It's mm-hmm. suspended, canceled, and this follows after Worlds of Drift shut down, which was another big uh, hopeful game powered by Spatial OS. And this company just, or just the software, whatever you want to call it, just has not delivered. It's been years now, and we've, we've been, you know, we're all holding our breath for the savior, right? The, the next piece of tech that's going to allow MMOs to get big, as you know, way bigger, like Omar's talking about, with all these moving parts. And I just don't think... Uh, I don't know. I don't. Th- I don't. I don't think Special OS is going to be the answer. Let's just say that. I mean, we've seen a lot. You know, we've seen Worlds just shut down, and they they had a lot of complaints about you know Spatial OS. This new Mavericks Proving Grounds they could never really launch because I'm sure they had problems with uh, with Spatial OS. I know Kronk, even the Kronkers of Illyria people were like, "This shit is is awful," and they ditched it too. And that was a you know a Kickstarter funded game. So, and a lot of real games. No real game has really come out with Spatial OS and has done anything with it. You know, nope. this technology was promised. To save the, the genre, to, to allow, you know, huge scaling and fix the issue with lag with hundreds of players, thousands of players. It never really took off. Everyone that's tried to use Spatial OS has been a disaster so far. So, yeah. 
And uh, well, a little fun tidbit. I think I mentioned it in the uh, pregame. But so this game promised to be a thousand player battle royale. But what they ended up doing is actually a hundred player battle royale, like the rest. But every time someone dies, it will just put a new player in, so that at the end of the match, it equals a thousand, which is not quite what people think when they see thousand player battle royale. So a little little deceptive there. And uh, the company is bankrupt, and that's why uh, development has, has been suspended. Somebody might buy them uh, and start it again, but I doubt it. Yeah, but Ribarino. Speaking of Battle Royale games, I have a question for you, Altai. What do you think is the most popular Battle Royale mobile game in the world? In the world? Uh, I would say Game for Peace. All right. What would, what would you say is number two, Altai? Uh, number two would be Knives Out. Uh, no. Number two is Garena Free Fire. Ooh. What is Take Garena a Free Altai. Fire? This is the Center Tower State of Battle Royale. If you scroll down to the in the third chart, you can see State of Battle Royale worldwide revenue. PUBG Mobile is number one. And number oh, two looks go. to be Garena Free Fire, Knives Out, followed by Fortnite and Rules of Survival. These are the Battle Royale mobile games taking over the world. So have, have you seen some gameplay for Garena Free Fire? I haven't, uh, I'm pretty sure it looks the same as uh, PUBG Mobile or Knives Out. Oh. Actually, I'm pretty sure I thought it was like the same thing as Knives Out. Garena but Free Fire. Let's see. Let's go to, let's go to the old we, we, YouTube. We, we got something on Amos.com for it, huh? You played it? No. Oh. It looks just like every other mobile battle royale game. Isn't that great? Oh, here we go. Garena Free for Android gameplay. Let's see. Oh, you just paired. Yeah, it does look the same. It's the same jazz. But what's remarkable, Altai, um, Garena Free Fire is making $150 million every quarter. Garena Free Fire, guys, makes twice as much money as every uh, Square Enix MMO combined in a quarter. Is that something? Garena so, Free Fire. I bet a lot of you guys haven't even heard of Garena Free Fire. Maybe they should add this to the gold saucer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> then they can make some real money. <laughs> so these games are huge. I mean, the Fortnite numbers are pretty low because it, it doesn't count um, uh, Google Play revenue because it's not on the Google Play Store. It only counts iOS revenue. I don't know. I, I, I'm just, I'm just, I am, I am very saddened that MMOs have not reached their potential. And it just so, it just seems like very stupid reasons why. Again, I, I like new content, I like new quests, I like new story stuff, I like new glamours, but it just, it feels like so many game games are ignoring ways they can increase engagement. Like, I, I don't understand why you can't play Hearthstone in World of Warcraft. Why not? I think, okay, here's a hot take. Let's see what it's you insane. think. We, we're not going to get any progress in MMOs until things like Google Stadia become the mainstream. Actually, that is a good point. Because one problem for implementing Hearthstone in World of Warcraft would be you have to install both games. Mm-hmm. But then again, Hearthstone is only a couple of GBs or whatever. It should come included with your World of Warcraft. You know, most people have so much storage nowadays anyway. So I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not, I don't think it's Stadia related. I think, I think it is. Because once you have streaming, you don't have to worry about cheaters, uh, data miners. You don't have to worry about... Um, that stuff is, in, is not... It's some requirements. In the back. You don't have to worry about... Um, latency differences because the, the server could just balance it out so everyone has like 100 or something 120 whatever yeah. again yes th- that would that would fix those issues but those issues aren't what's stopping wow from adding hearthstone in the game i i think well think of it this way how much trouble did PUBG and fortnite have when they first launched only a couple years ago keeping 100 mm-hmm. players on the map yeah a lot i know a lot right so uh, for an mrpg to kind of have the scale that we dreamed of you know like 20 years ago 15 years ago with thousands of players running around, which is what Spatial OS is trying to do, you, I think you really need something like Google's data center 
just streaming content to everyone rather than running yeah, it locally. That, that would help with like loading times for example like if you want to play no no just if, you, if they had that system you could instantly play you know hearthstone because no no forget loading times it takes a while imagine a thousand people on the fortnite map you could do that with with stadia right away right in derpy 07 even if you could even if people even, even if that was the case yeah it's remember it's a private match 1v1 it's like challenger friend mode it would not be ranked it would be just the normal mode in, in hearthstone today you can challenge your friends it doesn't really count for your ranking you know so imagine they just did that where you, Every match that counts where you rightly challenge people in the game, you're playing them one-on-one. It's a non-ranked game. Hey, thank you for the Twitch Prime, Denjo12. Much love. Five months in a row. So, Canaris, yeah. I know that's a that's a common uh, complaint. You don't own the games. But remember, I'm talking about MMORPGs only here. So forget, like, your, you know, Call of Duty game. or, or uh, You don't, don't own World right. of Warcraft or Final Fantasy XIV. If, 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 if Final Fantasy shuts down, I guarantee you, you ain't going to keep your single-player copy, okay? Because there is no single-player copy. Yeah. It just it's insane to me that MMOs forget full potential guys. Obviously full dive VR, that's like the full potential, right? When I say it just seems like they haven't really scratched the surface in what they can offer. Honestly, a modern day and more like Final Fantasy fourteen, World of Warcraft today, aren't that much different in what they offer to players than what Ultima Online had in nineteen ninety seven or what EverQuest had in nineteen ninety nineteen ninety nine. Mm-hmm. It really all they did was took the same game as EverQuest, made improved graphics, and just really tweaked what was in the game already. There's been nothing revolutionary since then. You know, we've had player housing in Ultima Online nineteen ninety seven. We've had like all the key elements of World of Warcraft and 14. We had all those elements in EverQuest literally over 20 years ago. You know, it's insane that the core concept hasn't changed. But remember, when 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 MMOs first came out, the idea of this virtual world with other players interacting with each other was was radically different. The idea that you can play, like you could play chess in Ultima Online from like back 25, 22 years ago. You put a chessboard on the floor and you could just play with other people. You could play backgammon with anyone anywhere in the game when they walk up to your chessboard and play. You can interact with them like in, in no unimaginable ways when these games first came out. And since those days, the, the level of interaction and engagement with players hasn't really changed. There's been nothing revolutionary. Yeah, you need, you need Stadia. I'm telling you. I don't know. Also, don't forget, the people making MRPGs today are not as good, skilled developers as they were back then. Because it was like a passion project back then. It was a big new thing yeah. back then. Today, the big new thing is like crypto or like these, you know, cloud gaming well, things. Mobile games as well. A lot mobile of talent. Yeah. So a lot of talent is being distributed among many vr a couple years ago was big probably drew a lot of people mm-hmm. in so you you have like uh you have people like making estelia and bliss you know you got people making unreal 3 games in 2019 those are the kind of those are the kind of people we have making our games sadly so luigi camp I, I cannot imagine everything that's been done has already been has already been done that's some that's some like very depressive thinking again there's there's so many levels of engagement you can add to games like 14 without radically changing any of the gameplay stuff just add more engagement with players Remember, we went to the moon 50 years ago, Omar. Was it 40? What was it? 40 years ago, right? Hmm. America went to the moon 40 years ago, and no, we, now we can't like build a bridge. So, 50, 50 years ago, Alpha, 1968 or 69. 69, we went there, 50 that's years right. ago. Is that 50? Damn. Yeah. You weren't alive back then. It's like you're kind of dead. Yeah, you know, back when I was on the moon. moon. Personally, I walked on the moon, you know? Uh, again, just like, it, it would just be cool to have an arcade box in 14 where you could play Final Fantasy 1. You have to, you know, the, the guild house buy, buys it for five ten bucks or whatever it'd just be cool there's little things like that could add so much extra engagement make the world feel more dreaming. alive i've said this for a long time and i really do feel like i want to play more final fantasy 14 i love being on my character walking around talking to people doing stuff i enjoy being in an mo i, I love that world it's like a discord channel but better because you can you know you can see your character you feel more involved and invest in your character it just it's an amazing experience i just wish 
there's more incentive to be in there and play and do these things. But we're, we're just we're just so far from reaching that potential. It just it really has. There's just not not a lot of innovation on that front. Real uh, real sad sad take there. Look at this. What? I've kind of I've kind of kind of given up on it until like I said we get we have a new breakthrough in technology. There's no way it's going to work with the current tech. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Luigi Camp. One example uh, we mentioned earlier was let's say for for World of Warcraft. Like imagine you can right click a player in World of Warcraft and click Challenge Hearthstone. Is an option every player you can just right click on. And when you challenge them, both characters just sit down in the game world and Hearthstone, a, a screen pops up where you're just playing Hearthstone. Because Hearthstone is a card game. It fits in the World of Warcraft scenario anyway. You just play a one-on-one quick match of Hearthstone with your pre-made decks that you've already had that look to your battle on that account. If you don't have decks, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll tell you, no, you don't have a deck, you know, go play Hearthstone and get a deck. But being able to just right-click challenge people would create this interactivity in the game that you just don't have. You know, Maybe while you're waiting for your group to fill, while you're just sitting in Ironforge, just chilling in game. Or maybe in, in example in Final Fantasy XIV was, you maybe like, guilds can buy uh, arcade boxes put in their house where you just walk up to their arcade box and you can play Final Fantasy 1 on it. Of course, they sell for like $15, whatever they want to sell it for, right? Accessible to people that have access to the house. So maybe everyone can have people who have arcades in their house, more people be hanging around their guild houses, playing these random classic games. It'd be a cool way to add housing decorations along with interactive features like that. So in Final Fantasy 14, 14's defense, they do have triple triad, but the game sucks ass, in my opinion. It just, it's just a collectible meme. The, the, the gameplay is just not good, in my opinion. But even the Gold Saucer, I think Gold Saucer is really fun and really awesome. But it's a shame. It's like, there's only like four things to do in the gold saucer, okay? You do the, the you do the daily cackpot where you're just a scratch card. You do like there's this basketball mini game, there's this digging mini game, there's a punching mini game, and that's it. It's a joke. There's these there's these limited time events where they, they cycle, which are pretty fun. But why aren't there more little things like the basketball mini game? It's literally like a flash game. This this is not something that requires like a whole team to work on. These are like flash game level of like content. And it just feels so dry. Like you have this whole zone dedicated to fun activities. They're, but why isn't it more full? They why probably are there have. They probably have a lot more people staffed working on the next expansion already, than they do like that kind of maintenance stuff. And mm-hmm. d- d- is this where he's working on another MMORPG as well? They said. Yeah, they they, they say they work. On right. So I, I think they just don't have the staff for what you're they, saying. Oh, they should have one guy who's in charge of adding flash games. So there, like I'm talking like, oh, like specifically the like. This is basketball minigame you can do, which is fun. It takes, it's literally a five-second minigame. You have like, you take 10 seconds, how many baskets you can shoot. And the, the, the baskets you're shooting, there's no gameplay. All you do is left-click when the meter is in the middle. If you get in the middle, it shoots the basket. If you miss, it just goes really fast. You don't you don't land it. You know, there's minigames. Very games, exciting. Like, this level of minigame. These are, they, they, they should have bang out 10 of these a day. I mean, I do it. Mahjong is a nice touch. Uh, Chocobo racing is pretty pretty bad, in my opinion. And I've done it. A decent amount, but they do they do have a few over the years. They've slowly added more things there, but why can't we have more little things like the basketball mini games, more things like that, where you can just you know make it feel like an arcade, make it feel the whole place is supposed to be the amusement park, and they just don't take advantage of it. Womp womp. I do like the, I do like the jump quest they've added in the game, the jump uh, the jump challenges in a lot of places in fourteen, like little things like that are really good. So those those jump challenges are they give people something to just do while they're bored, maybe you know. It, I did like the, the big fan of Jump Quest in Maple Story in, in fourteen. You know, Guild Wars two has them and stuff too. Yeah, why don't you go outside? Why, why you go exactly, Messi. Exactly. All right. Well, I, I want to talk about something else a little more lighthearted, a little uh, all right, less depressing than you complaining about the lack of content in the Gold Saucer. <laughs> okay. So it seems like uh, there's a study on what the most toxic game was, and. I'm not surprised to hear that it is Dota League 2. Legends, Dota 2? Dota 2. Dota 2 takes right. the cake. 
I'm not. Because it's got voice chat. That's why it's definitely more yep. toxic. They don't ban for toxicity. There you go. Dota two, badge of honor, most toxic game. It's official, boys. The the science backs it up. There you go. I believe it. I played Dota two. Very toxic game. Way more toxic. Like, it's remarkable actually. Because in League, people do feed games in League. It's obvious. It happens. People get mad, right? But in Dota two, it's such a common place to be like, okay, fuck this. I'm running down middle, and people just run down middle and feed. This happens in Dota way more often than the league. But I feel like the numbers are actually better than I expected in terms of like, so only 38% of female players believe they've experienced harassment because of their gender. 35% LGBTQ plus players. Uh, 31 for blacks. 24 for Latin. And 19 for Jewish and Muslim. I, I thought it'd be like 80% for all of them. <laughs> okay. So. Yeah, I mean, who are they asking? Really? If you play any of these games, if you play 10 games in Dota 2 or league... 100% you've, you've experienced harassment. Come on. You could literally be not say a word and play okay and you'll get harassed in 1 out of 10 games. These numbers are a little, definitely on the low side. Well, to answer Zay GW, to answer your question, in back when I played Dota a lot, which was like three years ago, uh, you basically couldn't get banned. So, I mean, there were games where I would just run down the middle too. And then I never got banned. I, you know, mm-hmm. so it, they didn't care. So maybe that's why. I know in League they're much more anal. Like you can get banned uh, mm-hmm. if someone reports you for that shit. I got a, I got a bit of a bit of a controversy. Not really a controversy, but something that's struck me as a bit odd. Have you heard about this, Altai? Which one? Let me see. So, a Fire Emblem voice actor dropped for abusive behavior. Nintendo recast uh, the male version of one of the three houses' protagonist, Blythe. Blythe. Have you heard about this? I've heard about it, but I didn't read it. So, do you have any okay. details? I read the I read the headline. Right? I'm like, okay. I read the headline maybe, as well. Maybe this guy he raped somebody, right? Okay, that's that's fucked up. You know, you do shit like that. Obviously, they should recast you. Maybe you killed somebody. Did something awful. I, did you read the source material for this guy's allegations? No. What, what do you do? It is the biggest joke. Read this. Let's go through the list of why Chris, this voice actor is an emotionally abusive asshole. Please, let's yeah, go through this list, Altai. So, okay, wait, okay, so I start with one. Number Chris, one. Chris Niosi has obvious anger management problems and would snap and blow up at the smallest things. He would tell me that, quote, that's just how I am and that I needed to deal with it. I hated playing Smash with him. I would Smash Brothers. I would win most of the time, and he would rage and scream okay. at the top of his lungs. Wait, number one, he, he's a bit of a rage. Okay, cool, whatever. Number two. Okay. So I, this, this is the girlfriend running this? Yeah, yes. Okay. This is the reason he, lo- he, he, had, he had to be recast in Fire Emblem Heroes. Fire, Fire Emblem, uh, the let's new Fire Emblem see, game. Let's see here. Oh, number two is he would try to manipulate me whenever I told him I had an issue with his behavior. Uh, I, I would tell, tell him like, I have to walk on eggshells, and he would turn you. around and say, but I'm walking on eggshells around you. Oh, okay. okay. So this, this is not like this is not like uh, you know you know manipulative behavior. This is just like some some nonsense. He had, he had no respect for my bodily autonomy. I have a full time job, and when I come home from work, my only request was that he wouldn't jump on me the second I walk. Whoa, yowzers! Yikes! Okay, uh, wait, wait, the, all right, he wanted the bank. He wanted the smack. Okay, this is a problem a lot of people have in their relationship. All right, you know, there was no allegations of rape here or anything. You know, he just he wanted to bang her all the time. Apparently, okay. He lied to me twice. Twice about how often he was communicating with his ex girlfriend. Twice. Who guys. cares? I never had number a problem. Four. He's a complete nonsense. Get it out of there. Number four, number one, number two, number four are nonsense. Number three doesn't seem like a big deal. Well, not, well, the problem is none of this is like real. It's all like personal relationship stuff, right? Yeah. Like, what does it have to do with his professional career? And uh, number six, anytime he compl- he complained that I wanted time alone. Like, are you serious? Like, every I I read this blog post I, when I first read this headline, right? Yes. Uh, he gropes her against yes that part of sexual assault canaries that yes I, I agree, but the way this the way this reads over here is it's such a non-issue. 
It sounds like this is literal bickering between couples, you know? I, I'm not defending the guy. The guy's probably an asshole, you know? But this doesn't seem like it warrants to be recast in this game for your voice acting, you know? It, it feels like our, the professional and personal lives for mundane things are so much more meshed today than ever before. Yeah, this is... Well, of course, it's Tumblr, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, if you're on Tumblr, that's a, that's a, that's a negative, all right? So that's, that's, a, that's a red flag, guys. So don't date any girls assault, that have their own okay. Tumblr. Describing number three as sexual assault is not fair to real sexual assault victims, okay? When you get home, if your boyfriend, like, you know, grabs your titty, all right, that's not sexual assault, okay? And, and, and clearly, she dated this guy for two years. If it's sexual, go report to the police. If you feel you were sexually assaulted by your boyfriend grabbing your titties, go to the police, okay? If you're not going to the police about it, it's just like, it's how people are interacting with each other. Yes, he didn't respect her boundaries, but it's not sexual assault. Sexual assault is a crime, okay? And he would be in prison if he does sexual assault. It's, what, what, which one is sexual assault? I, I'm not... Number three. Canaris read number three is oh. sexual assault. Uh, has no respect for time. I would have a full-time job. What? No, he well, he would just be... A yeah, he wants, he wants bang. He's home with... Oh, you, you, if, uh, if she said, listen, I'm done, leave, like we're done with the relationship... And he, and he doesn't at that yeah, point. That's yeah, that's But if your spouse comes home and you like hug them and like, you know, try to... You know, you, you it, grab their titties. You try to initiate. That's what people do. That is not do sexual that. harassment. Sorry. You see, sexual assault, which is a serious crime. Anyway, my, my point is, it seems like there's a couple big... Whatever. She's free to big... I have no problem with this woman who's complaining about... I, this I have a problem with this woman. This problem... I have no problem with her. This my woman... Problem with the, she's a bitch. She's a bitch. Did you do the top here? Chris Noisy is abusive, yeah. and people need to know the truth about him. My name is Amy, and I am hopefully his last girlfriend. She's, she's hoping this guy never finds someone more compatible with him. Right, like okay, I get, okay, I get, Amy, I get it. You and her, him didn't jive, but why would you wish that he never finds someone ever again? You know, like, like there I mean, could be like, her argument is her argument is clear that you know any woman that's with this guy is going to be like mentally stressed and it's not no. good for them. I'm protecting women. That, that that's her view. A, a woman who's more uh, say, I'm not aggressive. Her on that. I don't really care. I, I'm judging her on that because okay. I, I get that their personalities didn't match, but she he could find somebody who's more you know ragey herself, more touchy feely herself, right? And and they could get along. They could be a, they could be a great relationship. So who are you to wish? She's wishing this guy never finds happiness, right? She's not wishing that he gets better if, if he has a problem. Like imagine your husband is an alcoholic and you guys divorce because he's abusive, uh, and then and then twenty years later he has to say he quits and then finds a new wife and he's a, a loving husband. Like why wouldn't you want the best for somebody after they you know if they get better? Right, because you feel like they mistreated you or something. Who knows? Uh, so, so she's a bitch. Anyway, anyway, whatever. I'm not making any judgments on her. I'm glad. I'm glad you've made the judgment on her. It just seems like for him to lose. Again, if the, if he did more than what was on this post, okay, justified. When I first read this headline, okay, maybe the the series like he actually raped somebody. You know, he did some really serious fucked up manipulative shit. But literally, the, the, his allegations of manipulation was, uh, I, I told him I had to walk around eggshells, and he said no, I had to walk around eggshells around you. That was it. That was her example. That's not emotionally abusive or manipulative. So how old are these people? They said they sound like they're eighteen. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The point is, look, I'm not defending either person. Clearly, the guy's probably you know, if he's anger issues, he's doing this kind of stuff. No, not great. But it just seems like a bit of an overreaction to have your professional life so intermingled. It's just weird to see that if you tell your girlfriend, if you get mad at your girlfriend after losing in Smash, that's enough to like lose your lose your job and be unemployable. You know, this is this is a black mark against this guy's professional career now as a voice actor forever. He got recap. He he got basically deleted from a very big budget game, and now he's having a very tough time in the job in future finding a job again as a voice actor. Over this, I gotta say though, 
how, do we know how long they've been dating? Because uh, yeah, it says at the top a couple years. Because I don't know, a couple years, a couple years. Most women, their complaint after a couple years is that the guy is not doing enough of number three, not too little of number three. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, how, I, imagine you're dating for a couple years, and then the first thing your husband wants to do, or I guess boyfriend in this case, when you get home is like just. Just all you can think about is you. Like, like, oh, I just want to, you know, have your body. Like, that's like a. I have yet to meet a couple that's been dating that long. Daenerys, and no has that kind relationship of... exists in a form where before you kiss your girlfriend, you ask for permission. Okay, listen. What happened? Based on what this read, what, what my reading of this is, she would get home. He'd be like, oh, hey, baby, what? Maybe like give her a hug and like grow up her boobies while, while they're hugging or something. And she says, no, I don't want to do that. And at that point, if he said, if she said no, like stop, and she just like goes into the room and like keeps groping her, yes, that's assault. But that's not what was accused in this post. I actually have a um, a clicker called the consent clicker. So, yeah. so my girlfriend has to click it, and then I gotta click it. And if we both click it, it lights up. All right. That's a good idea. And then at any time that it's not lit up, that means she has revoked consent. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but this this is where we're going, I guess. Uh, uh, look, yeah. Again, if there was an, if there was an actual sexual assault in that way, she should go to the police. You know, it's a real crime. You know, I'm not trying to diminish sexual assault. <laughs> I feel like this is like post game talk, but we already we already started. Right, 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 let's get to post game. All right, all right. sorry guys, game. sorry if you're listening to this. It's like 20 minutes of nonsense at the end here, but uh, yeah. All right, yeah, that is that's it for the week. Uh, Thanks sorry. for watching for you too. Yeah, sorry, what's your whatever her name is, Amy, for going too harsh on you there. All right, bye. <laughs>